Welcome back to another episode of the Retail Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, XR, here with a very special guest. I have Mr. Tanner Dean, someone who I've met in person here in New York, uh, someone I've been following for a while on Instagram, uh, really grown his content on the platform, and uh, he's someone who I admire a lot in the fashion space, uh, and super happy to have him, uh, especially early on in season two, now that we're kind of reformatting the podcast, but enough rambling. Tanner, bro, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I I feel like your your fashion journey has been uh has been pretty interesting since I started following you and, and I, I really enjoy the pieces you put together and how you kind of talk about clothing and, and, and what it means to you. Um and kind of like your goals too. I, I want to get into all of that as well. So it's the first thing to, to do and the first thing to start is you live here in New York, you and I both do. Uh how did you make it to the city and did fashion have anything to do with that? Yeah, fashion definitely had a lot to do with that. Um, I ended up moving here with a job that I had. Um, I used to work at Nordstrom, mm-hmm. and basically, I like worked at Nordstrom in Oregon at the time, and I was very like uh, very very blessed to have the ability to transfer with that job mm-hmm. from one location to the next. And um, and I had like a amazing opportunity to work on the the designer floor at the flagship location in New York, and I was able to kind of work while selling some of the the brands that I really love, like Wales Bonner, um, Simone Rocha, uh, Bodie, Acne Studios, Sakai, Undercover, Raph Simmons, like all of these brands that I was kind of a geek about. Sure. I was able to like sell to people and I was able to just like be passionate about the the storytelling of some of that. Um, and yeah, I it was able to it was how I moved here and I'm I'm like really uh glad that I was able to have that opportunity and and kind of move to where like fashion week happens in 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 the u.s you know yeah absolutely i think um i think that's a great point talking about nordstrom and and you know how that kind of plays into to the evolution of of you know what you're doing now when you and i first met actually our boy lucas uh introduced uh shout out lucas uh i know he's going to be in new york again we'll link we'll all link up but he took he took me to to the to the store and that's where i met you um I think you were working that day and I didn't realize that the I guess the selection of clothing and all the brands that y'all carried was as extensive as it was so one thing that I really love that you did was you really took us around and showed us hey this is the new undercover stuff right this is the new Bodie stuff that's coming out uh, this is what I love about the pieces and it seemed like that retail environment, that storytelling environment is kind of like where you thrive with clothing. Is that kind of where you found your love with it? It's, it's, I know people give retail a bad rap, but it seemed like you actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, it was when it, when you're selling like brands that you like kind of love, it's, it's really fun and, and cool. Um, I'm, people probably know that I am, like I'm no stranger to liking the brand Bodie. Sure. Um, but like it was it's just cool to to be able to 
talk to somebody about a brand that you like and and just be like, oh, this is why I like it. This is uh, like all these little details and things. My my big thing is like I love just being a geek about like small little tiny details about things. Sure. So if anytime I can, I'm able to like talk about, I don't know, uh, like a t-shirt being single stitch or like being able to talk about uh, some pair of shoes or boots being like good year welted or talk about quality or talk about um, sort of like, oh, this was the inspiration for this item. Like I, I'm like, that's super fun to me. Sure. Um, and, and like, I, yeah, I just, I kind of am a, a big nerd when it comes to clothes and, and fashion and stuff like that. So where did that start? Right? Like what was, um, I guess you mentioned Oregon right before, um, let's go back like even further, at, at, you know, your life in Oregon, was there a particular time in the Pacific Northwest that like a certain brands that are very Pacific Northwest uh, inspired that kind of drew you into fashion? Like, where did it start for you? I feel like I have a really unconventional way <laughs> of getting into clothes and fashion. Yeah. Cause I feel like I talk to friends and they're like, Oh, I got into, you know, Supreme or, and like that led me down the rabbit hole or like, sure. um, you know, something was, worn by a celebrity or like like that kind of um intro to fashion or like a some your favorite like sports uh you know uh favorite like athlete is like wearing something and you're like oh i gotta i gotta look into that that kind of thing i got into clothes again in a hugely nerdy way Mm -hmm. where i cosplayed and like was going to comic-con So, so that's like, that's like my intro to clothes. Like it's, it's, I think a little bit off the beaten path when it comes to everything. Um, I was like thrifting, uh, outfits to, to go to Comic-Con. Like that was my whole thing is like, I would buy a tweed blazer, uh, like a bow tie and suspenders and some boots. And I'd be dressing up as like the doctor from Dr. Who. and. And so, like, I feel like you can still see, like, a thread of that, mm. like, in the stuff that I gravitate towards now. Um, just because, like, I still love tweed and I still love, like, corduroy and boots and, uh, and like, loafers and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, like, that was my intro. It was, like, thrifting. And then I started working at a secondhand consignment store. Uh, I was, like, working at a Plato's closet. and uh i just was like a buyer for that store and so i kind of learned about uh certain like designer brands as well as streetwear brands and vintage and all of that and that was kind of like my my like education into into that and then i started working at nordstrom Mm -hmm. and worked more in like new stuff like it wasn't all secondhand clothes um but yeah, that's kind of like I learned about Tom Brown because I was at work at Plato's Closet and somebody was selling like Tom Brown. I think it was like a foreign exchange student going to the local university and just like getting rid of stuff. Right. And like I found this like four bar 
like cashmere sweater and I was like, oh, this is like this is a brand that is like really expensive for and I was like kind of intrigued. And so then I would go on YouTube and I would see like Tom Brown runway shows and like the uniform and all of that. And I was like, whoa, this is this is super sick. Um, So that was kind of like my my intro to fashion. Very unconventional. It's interesting that you mentioned cosplay. Every time we have a a guest on the show, we always ask them that question. And, you know, it's usually through the streetwear pipeline or whatever. But I still kind of see that, man. Like when I see your outfits, it still has like shades of like um, English style, like English menswear-ish kind of um, with like earthy tones beiges corduroy like you mentioned and a lot of boots a lot of loafers so you never went through like a sneakerhead phase did you then it it really was you went from cosplaying getting into boots from there yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting um yeah i've not ever been like a huge huge uh like supreme guy or like a big off-white guy people like friends of mine have hype beast phases and I definitely didn't have a hype beast phase, but I had a I had a cosplay <laughs> phase, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So like you can definitely see like I I love a good tweed blazer, sure. and that is like like I'll wear a Celine tweed blazer or like a Saint Laurent tweed blazer or like a Prada tweed blazer, and like that is my like it's the de- designer version of what I used sure. to wear kind of thing. Yeah, no, I love it, and and. To be honest, it, it's a fantastic look. It really is a great look, and, and it's kind of become one of your own. Um, but speaking of a look set, I'll also become one of your own. Um, I want to talk about Bodhi. Bodhi's a really interesting brand. It's it's you know obviously a brand that uses very thoughtful with how they create pieces, with where they source their fabrics. Um, you know everything from quilts to you know whatever like. Everything about Bodhi is very thoughtful and it seems like the brand has done a very good job at carefully curating their items to, to, to kind of exude this, um, like this vintage, but almost like grandma, like your grandma's kind of blanket that you turned into a nice shirt kind of look. I'm obviously not doing the brand justice. How did you get introduced to Bodhi and what has gravitated you towards that brand? And to be honest, I also feel like it's also become part of your brand because people know you as the Bodhi guy. Yeah, yeah. I I think I have to like get to a point where instead of it being like, oh, this guy like just is obsessed with Bodhi to like I feel like you can go from that to like, oh, like they're a like they're mm-hmm. a collector or mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Like I th- feel like you have to get over the uh the initial um kind of making fun of and like maybe like jokiness of it because it's a it's a very popular brand right now um and it's definitely got its like stereotypes in terms of the like new york city lower east side (laughs) uh person that wears the brand um it's just like a it's a it's almost like a caricature at this point i still refuse you know yeah i still refuse to like go to the river because like (laughs) I can't, I can't go to like the, the Bodhi cinematic universe <laughs> sort of like places that like are all associated right. with the brand. 
Um, just because I'm like, I feel like wearing Bodhi to the river is like that's that's like a huge so joke. Like it's yeah, just very absolutely. funny. Uh, but like, yeah, like I I've always been into vintage and and like secondhand and and thrifting and and things like that. And um, like I think my so like my intro to the brand there's like a store in portland called francis may and they carry brands like margella acne studios echoes lata um common projects a whole bunch of stuff and they were like the store in portland that carried bodie um and so like i i kind of knew about the brand a little bit because i had seen um the brand on social media and i had seen um sort of i don't know like it just was on on the radar on on social media and on the radar yeah and i had i had people that i uh like followed on social media that were like oh like this is a a new interesting brand and and so like i this was like years ago before like I had moved to New York and and this was like, like I was probably still in college at this time. And this is like early Bodhi probably, but I went to Francis May. I saw it in person for the first time. And I was like wanting to buy one of these shirts. Um, but like, for whatever reason, I, I kept being like, oh, I need to like buy a piece of outerwear from the brand. I don't really want to buy a shirt. I want to buy a piece of outerwear. And so I I kept like looking and scrounging for like the mm. perfect Bodhi outerwear piece. And I like stumbled upon a listing for my Bodhi boxing mm. jacket, which is kind of like the jacket that I'm like associated with now. And like I've it's my first thing I've ever bought from the brand. I bought it for like a steal, like because back in the day, like a couple years back, it was not as hyped as it is now. And so like you could find like these pieces on Grailed. Like it was like this jacket, I think, resells for a lot now, but it was something that I bought for significantly under $1,000. It was like maybe like seven or $600 that I bought it for. Which is still a lot of money. Like I, I probably should not have been sure, buying sure. it at the time. But like, it was, it was like I had like fallen in love with it. It was like a beautiful color. Like I was obsessed with the like boxing motif on the jacket, and like I was looking at the measurements and I was like, oh, this would fit me right. perfectly. And so I was just like, I sold some stuff and then I like bought the bullet and kind right. of purchased it. And then I just wore it so (laughs) much. Like I was, I was obsessed with this jacket. And so like, I just, I would put it on with literally every outfit. And, and I was like, oh, dang, I really like, this is, this is a good jacket. And I, I really enjoy this brand. Like I enjoy other pieces from the brand. So I just started like picking things up here and there. Um, And now it's kind of, a lot bigger sure. of a brand um, than than it was, and it was a little bit more like niche. But now it's 
It's definitely not niche <laughs> anymore. No, no, but I mean, it, that Bodhi is great. The pieces are insane. Um, attention to detail. It just, and, and it fits a particular look. And, and, you know, for yourself, I just feel like it fits. It fits so well with um, just the pieces that you put together from Bodhi. It, it, it looks phenomenal. So um, have you had any contact with the brand at all now that your social media has grown? Or is that something that you hope will happen in the near future? Oh, no. I, I think, like, uh, sure. maybe at some point, like, I'll, like, I'm, New York's a small place, yeah. like, maybe I'll probably, like, run into, I mean, I've gone into the store a few times and, and purchased a few right. things here and there. Um, but, like, I, I don't have any sort of relationship with anybody at the brand. Um, and, and I don't think any of one from the brand, maybe, like, a few people are, are working at the store and on social right. media and that kind of thing. But I don't think, I don't think Emily Bodie is on TikTok and I don't think she's on Instagram and I don't think she's like looking and seeing like who's wearing her stuff. I think a lot sure. of people are wearing her stuff and, and she's, she might be just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it, we'll, we'll see. Like I, I definitely know people who know her sure. and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I've, I've never like talked to Emily Bodie or, or anybody from the brand besides maybe the people right. that work at the store. Like that's yeah, no fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And um, yeah, going back to, uh, I want to pivot a little bit, going back to, to your time at Nordstrom and working there and my interactions with you there. Um, I was able to see when you were working there, a lot of, Brands that I admire, um, brands that I don't pay much attention to now, but maybe once did, brands like Undercover, et cetera. Um, and, you know, Raph, for example, is another one. I was actually really impressed with some of the recent collections from these brands. I feel like, specifically in the archive space, we tend to maybe diminish some of these brands' newer collections because they're not what they once were, quote-unquote. Um, but I found that when you were showing me some of these pieces, it still felt like the identity was there. I mean, obviously, brands like Hellmade have veered completely off from what they once were. But, you know, brands like Undercover still feels like they have shades of that old Undercover. It's, is that something that you agree with? And do you kind of see, like, there's a little bit of a, uh, uh, um, for lack of a better term, it's frowned upon to look at the newer collections for some of these brands rather than looking at their old archive stuff, if that makes sense. Hmm. I don't know. I, I definitely think like, it's definitely about the buy of those different sure. department stores, right? Because like, you are not going to have the whole collection in front of you um, at any of these places. It's really up to the people that are buying for that boutique or that department store to find an essence of that collection and, and bring it to that store. And and have like a tiny little sure. um, curation of of the the that newest collection or something, um, and then there's also like stuff that maybe wasn't on the runway, right? Like there are pieces that are uh, more just commercial, um, and I I think like I when talking about some of these brands, I would just be a nerd about older collections like i i remember like having conversations with people who are customers and being like well i really like uh spring summer 06 <laughs> tea collection from undercover it's really great and like 
I it's like one of it's Jun Takahashi like taking a t-shirt and making it high fashion like that's so cool like it's band merch but but it's it's high fashion that's so cool um and like I I would I'd I'd see like a thread of that maybe um I definitely think Raph and an undercover like the newer collections I I don't know I've I've not been a huge uh a huge fan of some of that work um but then there are like smaller brands that I would be mm. super passionate about um because they're like they're they're new they're upcoming and the cool thing about working at the flagship Nordstrom store in New York was it was like a it was it was kind of cool that they had some of these brands that wouldn't be as maybe known by the average consumer. These are like brands right. like Kiko Kostadinov, Craig Green, Our Legacy, um, just like they're sure. slightly off the beaten path. Um, and if you asked like the average maybe Nordstrom customer, they wouldn't be super familiar with with Kiko. Um, but it was cool to see that in a department store and um, sort of be part of teaching maybe sure. like a, a consumer about sure. something like that. Um, I was always able to find something to be like enthusiastic about and, and excited about. And Kiko was definitely one of those uh, brands that I was like, Oh, cool. I get to I get to show people like darting on these pants and I get to like talk about the Cobrax snaps and all this all this stuff. Um, that was was always fun and yeah. always cool. Um, I feel like, yeah, I was able to find something to, to like and something to be enthusiastic about, even if some of the, the brands that I love earlier work of weren't doing something that was as groundbreaking sure. as that earlier work. I was able to see the earlier work of maybe like brands that were 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 new to the scene, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Um, Craig Green is one of those is one of those brands, by the way, that I fucking love, to be honest. And I feel like every piece that I ever tried on from the brand just fits like a glove. Um, and it's one of those brands that I haven't, I haven't invested into, but I know you have a couple of pieces. Um, and man, man, what a brand. I, I just wanted to shout that out. That's a, Irene is a, is a fantastic brand. Yeah. And it was cool because at, at the store, I was able to talk to some people who um, like knew like Craig when he was, um, when he was in school, like, right. like stuff like that, where, um yeah like some of the people that are working at Nordstrom have been in the industry for a pretty long time and it's it was just like some of these people are so smart and were able to like just yeah I it, I was blown away at like some of the people that I I got the opportunity to meet through um working at that store because there was tons of events all the time because it's New York and there's an event every single night of the week. <laughs> right. Oh, no, exactly. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. I I, I want to pivot to how that work kind of tied into um, Instagram and how you've been able to grow your brand. Because I'm assuming that being able to work and you know touch and feel and get a gauge for what the story is behind a particular brand or a new collection or a particular piece, even you know, as you grew your own wardrobe, um, you were able to kind of convey that story to your audience. Um, why did you decide to start? And that's a weird question, but like, what was your original intent with with Instagram and social media in terms of like posting? And how do you view it now, eleven thousand followers later? Oh, um, yeah, I, that that that's wild. I totally, yeah, I recently um, had the yeah. broke the ten k thing on Instagram, um, but I I've, I've kind of been doing tiktok for a while and that was like my sort of intro to to social media um i think i started on tiktok around the time that it was probably good to start on tiktok where there was like not very many people doing um fashion stuff so i was able to like meet a lot of cool mutuals and friends and things um through that and i i started posting when i was in oregon like i i was not in new york and I was doing like thrift videos where I would pick up a bunch of Carhartt pants. And it's just because I lived in Oregon right. and there's a huge logging population. I was able to find a bunch of these Carhartt double knee work pants. And for whatever reason, oh. people <laughs> just got, they were blown, they were like blown away that like I was thrifting Carhartt double knees. And I was like, uh yeah <laughs> they're, not, they're not like super rare like you can find them at thrift stores and and i think it was just because i lived in a place that there was lots of carhartt work pants um and people were like how are you finding such grails i'm like dude that's their carhartt double knees like they're they're a dime uh, a dozen at the so goodwills like because, this is uh, crazy my uh liberty my, my partner she's from alaska and i went to school in texas and to college in texas and and we we met there and one thing that i i remember when i was going through that carhartt phase i remember like not being able to find like a really worked in pair of carharts at the thrift in texas when we went to alaska they were everywhere but it just it, it just it really does depend on geography in a lot of ways but anyways yeah just a fun little side note yeah yeah and like i've i've been into to workwear for a little bit like i i was picking up like red wing work boots and i was picking up uh like yeah yeah flannels that were like pendleton like pendleton is like a huge brand in in oregon and so like i i i was wearing like the very Mm -hmm. workwear hashtag menswear stuff like selvage denim with a pair of boots and like a flannel And it was also like a very popular uniform of people that like I would be like in college, I was doing photography as well. And and I would want to go shoot photography at these like shows. And so I would be in like boots or like docks or or like work boots, some some work pants and like a flannel and like a band T-shirt, which also is like a a good intro to like undercover right like undercover and and maybe like eddie slaman at saint laurent and this was like 2010s so i was going to like house shows and 
and listening to like a lot of Midwest emo yeah, and things like that. Yeah, so, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of. <laughs> so that was like, yeah, like I was. That was that was sort of the uniform of people going to to house shows Man. in college. Like that was uh, sort of the 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 look. Like wear some docks, wear some Carhartt double knees, and and a flannel, and and you're good. Wow, I, I know it seems like it might seem trivial to you because it's what you grew up in, but like. A lot of people, and and I'm I'm from I'm from the San Francisco area, um, and I always tell people like I feel like San San Francisco is the gateway to the Pacific Northwest because once you get into like Northern California, it starts looking a little bit more like Washington and Oregon. But um, my dad loves Red Wings and raw Japanese raw denim, and he wears Pendleton flannels and shit. Uh, and it's so funny because. You know, it really is dependent on where you are. Like the Pacific Northwest just has a lot of that, man. And I think it's, you can still see shades of that in your style today, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I own the Bodie version <laughs> of like a Pendleton flannel. Like I have this like flannel, like Bodie wool, like, yeah, it's like this plaid shirt. And I'm like this is literally like the reference for this piece is definitely like an old flannel Mm -hmm. from like Pendleton Mm -hmm. or like Woolrich or something like that. And I'm like, this is, it's so funny that I own like the Bodie version of, of the, the thing that I used to wear um, and thrift. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, there's still like that, that through line of, of those, secondhand pieces and then it's also like probably made out of secondhand fabric so um buying secondhand is always going to be something i do um wearing things like very pacific northwest with like boots work pants a flannel that's always going to be a part of my like style dna and then wearing like tweed blazers and dressing a little bit like an English professor is also going to be probably a part of my style DNA. Like I even <laughs> went to school for yeah. English. Like I'm a big reader, and so like it, it kind of it kind of makes sense and checks out for me to dress like I sure. am obsessed sure. with Emily Dickinson and Virginia Woolf because because yeah I am. <laughs> Because you are right, uh, man. I love that, and I think that it's so important for people to. And, and we say this a lot on the show. It's like I always tell people: look at your influences, right? Look at the art, the media, the cultures that you grew up in, and that could probably give you a good indication of like where you're going to feel at home with your personal style. I, for myself, and I tell the story a lot. I really went through this workwear phase, but it's just it wasn't me, right? Like that's just not who I am. I grew up listening to metal. My parents were listening to grunge when I was a toddler. Like I just grew up, grew up around that. Right. My brother's in hardcore, uh, hardcore bands in the Bay area. He's been for most of his adult life. Like I've always been around that world. And I love, love like the grunge look and, you know, the all black and the uniform and, and, and this and that. And it just fit me. And I feel if people, a step back maybe and looked at their influences around them that could give them a good indication of what their style could possibly be yeah and i'm like a big like authenticity person like i you kind of get a a very solid through line when it comes to like the stuff that i like and enjoy and wear 
Um, sure. I didn't really like, I don't really hop around a lot. Well, I, I, I hop around like in terms of, I guess in sure. New York, I, I'm trying to experiment and, and like find new ways of dressing. Like I'm always looking to grow as an individual, um, like right. internally and maybe like externally with style. Um, and as a person, you're not like stagnant, like you're always learning, finding new things and, uh, sure. new sources of inspiration and things like that. But I like, because I'm super obsessed with always being like truly authentic to who I am as a person, I am going to continue to wear tweed blazers, even though I think that to somebody who cosplayed in high school, like you might, like, sure, it's a little, sure. it's a little, it's a little cringy. It's a little bit funny. Like it's not necessarily the coolest thing <laughs> in the world to have gone to Comic-Con and dressed up as the doctor from Doctor Who. Like, I don't think that's like, right, right. I don't think people are like flexing that, right? Like that's not something that is like sure. uh, a, a place of pride and joy for, for most people. But I, you are. I like, that's part of who I am, right? Like it's part of who I uh, used to be as well. And I think all of those things uh, form who I am now and who I am becoming. And that's like, that's part of the journey. It's part of the style. And to, to like give up on or see maybe your younger self as like, oh, that's cringy. Oh, that's bad. Like, live into the things that you enjoyed back then too right like i think that's like super important you should be still wearing things that the younger version of you would have loved to wear right like that 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 part of you is still inside of you and to sometimes make a a fit that would make younger version of you happy or like proud of you now i think that's like that's super cool absolutely no that, that's that's so well said beautifully said i i agree and and i think yeah i think for myself too i the younger version of myself would be proud of what i'm wearing now because it is a reflection of who i am and you know the person that i want to be which is which is always good um yeah and i mean you put on some fantastic fits <laughs> i mean i wear I, i'm like i wear the same shit like, every day but i appreciate it man <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I, I wish, like, I owned Guidi's, and I, I Guidi, don't think, yeah. like, I, I want to be the like person sure. in slim backed black denim with the Guidi's, yeah. and, but like, I, I don't know, like, it's a, it's such a, it's such a sick look, and sure. like, maybe I need to get like the right pair of Guidi's because I feel like I've had two pairs of Guidi's and. They've only been they've been the like oh, right, right. Santa Claus pilgrim shoes. Um so I I I don't think I've gotten like the the yeah. ones that would be uh sure. more more like chunky lug sole combat boot yeah. or like really cool zip ones. I need to get I need to get the right paraguides speaking of like english professor like a tweed blazer with maybe like some wool trousers and some bag zips would look so fucking good on you so 
Yeah, maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the next the next purchase or something. Yeah, talk about content creation a little bit and 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 your style. Um, you know, in terms of of work and like what you want to do with clothing and what you would like to do in this industry, like what is you know dream state? What would be your dream job in fashion? Oh wow, that's like that's a massive question. I feel like with the fashion industry and maybe like New York, I, I don't think you, it's, you gotta maybe like roll with the punches a little bit because I don't think you wake up and you, or like, there's not a lot you can just sort of waltz into sometimes. Um, or like sometimes it's not, it's not like it's, it's hard to plan because Mm -hmm there is not many jobs in sort of maybe storytelling and uh, that side of the fashion industry. Like it's a very, it's a very small world in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. There's, there's obviously maybe working at magazines and, and that you can do some storytelling and you can do uh, like maybe runway critique, critique of, um, trends and and things like that um but there's not a lot of maybe jobs in terms of like editorial uh narrative stuff or um there's like buyers and buyers are taking the the collections and the runways and translating that for a consumer but yeah it's it's a, it's kind of a hard, and it's also hard to make money in, in fashion, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not necessarily the most lucrative industry. I mean, for some people it is like, if you, if you're maybe um, the owner of a fashion conglomerate or brand or something and, um, and, and you're just like cranking out some stuff and it's, and it's successful and does well and that kind of thing. But it's a, it's definitely yeah, it's it's hard to to kind of chart a path that is straightforward in the industry, right? Um, so I I definitely see like different possibilities. Like I would I think it would be really interesting and cool to be the person who uh, does sort of photography narrative for a brand um or um storytelling in terms of uh, i don't it's it's so like that's all the stuff that i get really excited about and and into um like i was again an english major so anything that has narrative associated with it i get super nerdy about and i i want to know every like reference i want to know the i want to know the music that was listened to by the designer i want to know like Mm. the the film that inspired the collection i want to know like the the technical aspects in terms of if it has like darting or um if it's finished or it has like raw hems and if that raw hem still has a stitch that makes the raw hem not fall apart that kind of stuff sure, sure. um 
So I think I'm just like always going to be a big fashion nerd. And uh, whether that is like that, I guess that's needed, right? Like it's needed for somebody to, to be a little bit too much of a geek about something. No, Um, no, it it absolutely is needed. And it's needed because uh, look at the end of the day, it's closed. Right. But you, we buy things because of attachments. We buy things because it makes us feel a certain way. And a lot of the times it's, indicative of a story right or 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 an album right like i've been listening to a lot of led zeppelin um over the past couple of weeks and i'm going back and looking at old robert plant outfits and jimmy page outfits in the 70s and i keep thinking like how could i incorporate some of that into today and it's all the narrative right it's the music it's all of it that that stuff matters so i i do think that there's definitely a place for that you know yeah like stageware is so cool sure. um and I, I think there's like a quote by Eddie Sleman um, that's like very recent. He um, he doesn't do very many like interviews and stuff, but he he was like, I would not be into fashion if it wasn't for stage wear. Mm. Like he as a designer would not exist and he wouldn't be into clothes if it wasn't for the fashion of the people in bands that he listened to. Absolutely. Which is is so sick. Like. I mean, yeah, like music is a huge place of inspiration for for fashion. And I think if you listen, if you talk to somebody about the bands or the artists that they listen to, and then you look at their style, you usually are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that checks. Oh, out. yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, like my favorite my favorite artist is uh Sufjan Stevens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you do you listen to a lot of, lots of Stu- Sufjan? No, no, but but familiar with the name, not the discography. Yeah, there's like a album by him that is just like gorgeous yeah. and like fantastic. Um it's called Carrie and Lowell mm. and um I'm from Oregon and I'm from Eugene and there's literally literally a song on the album called Eugene. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, it's not even that the the album kind of is good as because it is a fantastic album. Right. It just is like also personal yeah, and, absolutely. and like gets at some of the same places that I used to go and, and grew up like, hiking and things like that um and and it's like very very it has like a sentimental attachment to it um but then also like a very like personal like authentic attachment to it and um and i think if you were to hear oh uh, my favorite artist is sufjan stevens and and i really love this album by him um i think you'd be like oh yeah, it makes sense that you would like some of the, <laughs> you know, things that you like sure. uh, in terms of fashion. Absolutely. No, I love that. And, and and music is a huge inspiration. Speaking of Eddie, you know, we're wrapping on some, on some pretty good time here. So I think it's a good a good place to end, like maybe on some rapid fire questions. But speaking of Eddie Salon, I have to yeah. ask you, like, uh, off the top of your head, some of your favorite designers of all time. Oh, off the top of my head, some of the favorite designers of all time. Okay. Um, Jun Takahashi, definitely um, undercover. Yeah. I really enjoy s- some of the same music he listens to. 
Um, I really love the uh, bands that are referenced in some of the clothes. Um, Eddie Slaman is also good. Um, those would be like good music um, sure. designers sure. like uh, that. I, I listen to some of the same like um, like maybe UK uh, alternative music or, sure. or that kind sure, of thing. Sure. Um, Bodie and Tom Brown are like great American designers. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think there are like American designers don't really get a lot of credit. I feel like in comparison to like French designers and French houses uh, or Italian designers and Italian houses. Um, but like they are American designers doing fantastic and amazing work. Yeah. Uh, yeah Bodie, Tom Brown. Um, in terms of American designers doing really great stuff, Rick Owens is also another oh, one. Um, right? Even though like I don't, I don't, I don't own very much Rick Owens, yeah. and and definitely don't gravitate towards the clothes. Um, the man's it, just for me personally. Yeah, but the man's but, I, but I love. Right? But it, yeah, and I and I love like seeing the clothes on other people. Sure. Like maybe it's not for me, but like I think he is an American designer that is up there with um, some of these other houses yeah. and has garnered respect. Sure. Right. Um, what else? Um, Dries. Yeah. Dries Van yeah, Dries is, Oh my Dries gosh. I, fantastic. Yeah. Dries is like definitely one of my favorite designers. And I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talk about yeah. him, which, yeah. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. He like the embroidery, um, is just, is just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And, um, I like I like some of the psychedelic stuff that he does. Um, that is like a little bit um, like I I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, Oregon is where like uh, there's like Ken Kesey uh, of the the great like he was the person who supplied acid to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, there's a there's a square named after Ken Kesey in Eugene, That's Oregon. So funny. Um, so funny. And so like I think like that sort of hippiness yeah. is like also a part of probably stuff that I enjoy sure, and like. Sure. Um and and like I, I think Dries has like some sort of like he's got mushrooms in yeah. his his collections and he's got like really psychedelic um like prints and things. Um, I oh gosh, yeah. There's so many good designers. Like I like I like, like Raph. Like I mm-hmm. like J W Anderson. Like Jonathan Anderson at Loewe. Jonathan Anderson at his own sure. brand. Um, like I, I, you can't talk about fashion without talking about like Ray Kawakubo, Ray Kawakubo, sure. uh, and Comme des Garçons. Like. It's just, I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many, there's so many good brands and so many good designers. I, I, I like Craig. I like Kiko. I I like so many brands and, and they all do fantastic work. I mean, some of these brands maybe have hits and some misses, but, um, they're all like, I, I don't tend to, I, I like a lot of things and I try to, 
mix and match some of those things and, and wear them with each other when I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's a tough question to answer, but I thought you did a great job. Maybe this one will be a little bit easier. Um, your, your most worn pieces in your rotation right now, what are you wearing the most of? Oh, um, this summer I wore Bodhi shorts religiously, yeah. like literally almost every day I wore Bodhi shorts with a different like shirt or t-shirt or top, um, loafers. I've been just wearing my Blackstock and Weber loafers yeah, yeah. religiously. Um, like I just recently picked up a pair of and Meester boots and I've been, I've been wearing those oh, a lot. On, that's on my um, list for sure. Those have, pair of Andy boots. Yeah. Those have, those have quickly become like, a, and it's becoming fall. Sure. So like boot season is upon us and I'm going to swap my loafers for, for boots pretty quickly oh, yeah. here. Um, so the Andy boots, um, I have my red wing boots. Um, I, I, the Bodhi boxing jacket is one that I wear re religiously in the fall as sure. well. Um, and yeah, I, that jacket is probably my most worn piece of clothing. Okay. Like, honestly, it's just, and I've like almost, uh, I feel like I worn it to the ground almost. If you, know? you <laughs> had to, yeah, if you have to, like, I'll probably be buried in that jacket because <laughs> it's just like like yeah I'll, I'll probably maybe maybe i'll die yeah. in it like maybe that'll be the case <laughs> uh, that's funny that's funny uh all right one of the last things i wanted to ask you um your wish list right now anything that you're looking to pick up and anything that's going to be a must-have for you for the upcoming fall winter season um okay i definitely want to purchase uh two brands that I, Ernest W. Baker is like quickly becoming a brand that I really, really, really enjoy. Um, I picked up like a t-shirt from the brand and a tie and some shoes. And I just, I want to buy some of the outerwear and maybe like some of the knitwear as well. Um, it's, I feel like Ernest W. Baker fits in Absolutely. with um, maybe like, Eddie Slaman, Saint Laurent, and Celine and Dior, but also can fit within the whole Bodie Tom Brown thing that I like mm. as well. Um, it that just is it's a brand that fits and connects like two different parts of my sure. wardrobe, and I think that that would be like a really really cool thing to pick up. Um, knitwear and outerwear from Ernest W. Baker. And then uh, because I got those Andy boots, I kind of want to buy some more Andy. Um, Andy's, oh, dude, Andy's one of my favorites, man. She is, I, I know she stepped away from the brand and I think she's back in some kind of role now, but Andy Millimeter has to be up there for me. One of my, one of the most underrated designers, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I love these boots. Um, I want to, Maybe buy another pair of boots. I want to buy like a coat, maybe a shirt. I wanna I wanna wear a full and Demilemeister oh, so fit. And I just I want I just want that at yeah. some point. Um I, I we'll see. It's it's something I have to I have to build. Absolutely. So. No, I love that. I love that. And finally, finally the last question, and this one's for the people. 
you have any advice to someone who wants to get into content creation for fashion, whether it's creating TikToks or taking fit pics, um, yeah, what's some what's some general advice that you would like to give them? I feel like I kind of fell mm. into it accidentally. Um, I still sort of view it as a hobby more so than a job. I have like friends who do it full time and, and they definitely treat it like a job. And I feel like I, um, yeah, I, I started posting and I just sort of did it for myself. I wanted to see what my style progression was going to look like um, and see like what things I gravitated towards you know, a couple of years ago and what I gravitate towards now. I've always posted my outfits on social media. And I, I think that that's like a, maybe a healthy relationship mm. with it. Um, because sometimes, um, yeah, I, I guess if you, you can get burnt out if you maybe treat it like a, a job too much. Um, and I, I kind of want to always have fun with fashion. So uh, just post your outfits, take a look at things you gravitate towards now take a look at things that you gravitate in a couple of years yeah. from now like i think just uh just have fun with social media and and do it do it for yourself and then make some friends along the way like that's the best way you can do social media and um yeah it, it like connects you with people with similar interests and and that's how i met you that's how i met lucas that's how i've met um a few other friends in the industry and on social media and I, I've, I've met some of my best friends from, from that. And, and it's been, it's been cool to get connected with people who like some of the same things that you do. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's poetic. And I think that's such a great way to end the show. It's, you're right. It's all about having fun, meeting people, having connections. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's closed. And, and what matters is the connections that you can have from clothes, whether that's with yourself and of course, meeting other people. Clothes and putting on an outfit is a, a form of nonverbal communication, yeah. right? Like we, it's something that we do for ourselves and a, a conversation we have with ourselves about our, our own identity, but it's also a conversation we have with other people and, and it, it clues people in to things. Like if you wear a band t-shirt, you're gonna be talking sure. about that band. If you're wearing a really niche designer, the person who's also really into that niche designer is going to be like, oh, my gosh, is that right. blah, 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 blah. And 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 it kind of like brings you together with people who share some of the same sensibilities and, and likes and dislikes that you do. And and that's kind of the beauty of it. Hannerman, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been such a really cool conversation. I know there's some stuff that we can get to touch on. We definitely need to have you back for a part two, but really this was such an insightful conversation and uh, I really do appreciate it. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Retail Therapy Podcast. It's great to be here in season two and we're going to be having guests like Tanner on the show again and of course, more and more people in and around the industry. So uh, until, we, until the next episode, we'll see you all there. Peace.